Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read a double parasha, double portion by Eke Pekude. And um, in the, in, there's a pasuk at the beginning, 3527, where it says, The Nesim, the leaders, brought the shosham, shoham stones and the fillings, the inset stones for the ephod and the hoshen, which is the breastplate of the Kohen Gadol. You know, they, everybody was giving generously of their money, of their time, of their efforts, everything they had, people were happy to give to the temp, to the building of the Mishkan, of the tabernacle in the desert. The, the princes were the last people to give uh, donations because they were the richest of the tribes. And they, each leader of each tribe, they were the, the, the richest ones. So they decided to wait and see what people were going to give. And whatever was lacking, that's what they would give. But at the end, when it came last, everybody had given everything. And the only thing that was missing was, the, was these precious stones that went um, into the breastplate of the Kohen, one for each tribe. And, um, and they, they, that was the only thing they were able to give. So the question here, it's a very interesting question. Where did they get these stones from? Like, where did they get them? How did they, we hear that from Egypt, they came out with the gold and the silver and, um, and the precious articles, but we don't hear that they left Egypt with precious stones. So there's two interpretations to this question. One is in the Targum Yonoson, which writes, the clouds of glory went to Pishon, the clouds of glory that went with the Jews uh, through their de through the, in the desert that protected them from all the external factors, went to Pishon. Pishon was one of the four rivers that are mentioned in the, in the book of Bereshit of Genesis. These rivers are actually in Eden and Gan Eden and come out to the world. So this is one of these rivers. So it says that the clouds of glory went to Pishon and picked up precious stones to be placed in the ephod and the Hoshen of the Kohen Gadol. So the Gemara elaborates a little more in Yoma 75 and it says when the, when the manna rained on the Jewish people, and came down from the sky, precious st stones came with the manna, uh, and the Nesim, the leaders, the, 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 the heads of each tribe, they went running and they gathered these stones, and these precious stones, and this is what they gave to the, to the tabernacle. This was their donation for the Mishkan. So there's one very important lesson here, and, um, and the lesson is the power of desire. How important our desire is. You know, what is important for you, what you really desire, that's what's going to take you in life. It's a very powerful feeling, desire. Um, it's what makes your priorities your priorities. Yeah, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. You have to be very careful to, to see within yourself what are the things that you desire. In Colombia, we always say, cuida de lo, que, de lo que pides porque te lo van a dar. Like, be careful what you wish for because you might get it. And it's true. Desire is a very, very powerful um, force. It's a very strong force. And when, when we use it for the right reasons, when we use desire because we want to connect to Hashem, we really want to serve Him, we want to be connected to Him, 
Hashem helps us succeed. He will take you in the path you want to go. Wherever you want to go, He's going to help you get there. So Hashem commanded that these precious stones uh, will we'll get there for them. He, these people, they desire so much to do something precious for the, for the tabernacle that Hashem gave them the stones. In the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere, they just came to them. They didn't even have to go out and look for them. So as the Hassam Sofer writes, when one desires to donate, when for a person he's, it's important for him to be a giving human being, even if he doesn't have a lot of money, Hashem will make it uh, possible for him to be able to be a giver. And so, uh, so Hashem will help him achieve his, his wish. And this is what exactly what happened to the Neseim, to the leaders. They wanted to donate stones for the, for the breastplate, for the Kwanim's clothing, but they did not own gems. And Hakadosh Baruch Hu brought the gems to them. They didn't even have to go out and look for them. They just came to them and they collected them. So the Gemara gives us another story that, it, that uh, encapsulates this idea of desire. And it talks about Nicanor. Nicanor was a man, an Egyptian Greek man that used to live in the times of, uh, of Hillel, the, 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 the great Hillel, our teacher Hillel. And uh, he was a convert to Judaism. And um, for him, he also wanted to donate to the Beit HaMikdash. He also wanted to give something for the Beit HaMikdash that would honor all the, the Gerim, all the people that had converted to the Jewish religion. So he went to Alexandria in Egypt and he made, uh, he bought these beautiful copper doors. He made uh, them do them specially for the Beit HaMikdash. There were many different entrances to the Beit HaMikdash. Uh, most of them were made out of uh, wood, but these specific uh, doors were made out of copper because he wanted them to be very important and that they should shine in honor of all the, the converts. So when he came, when he was coming to Jerusalem in the boat with these huge heavy uh, doors, uh, there was a very bad storm going on. So the sailors in the ship decided to start throwing things out of the ship because if not, they were going to be captized. They were going to sink with the storm. And so they threw one of the doors out of the, out of the ship. And at the moment that the Nicanor saw this, he started pleading to them, please don't throw the other door. Please don't throw it. If you're going to throw it out, throw me with it because I would not be able to exist if you throw that door. So throw me too. And as soon as he uttered these words, the storm subsided. Like the sailors realized, oh, this guy is a very, like he really has, there, there's something very important here between him and God. And, 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 and we're not going to throw the other door. And at that moment, the storm subsided. Naturally, Nicanor was upset about the lost door. Obviously, he was going to get to the Beit HaMikdash with only one door. They needed two doors and not one door. But when the boat docked in Eretz Israel, they found the missing door. Suddenly they looked around and there was this door that was floating on the ocean that had followed him all the way to Jerusalem. So those doors were installed in the Beit HaMikdash in honor of all the converts of, of, of that time to Judaism. And that doorway was named Shar Nicanor. Nicanor's entrance. It was a very important entrance. The doors were made from copper and they shone like if they were gold. Eventually, all the Beit HaMikdash doors were switched to gold, 
but the hahamim, the the, the 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 rabbis of the time said that Nicanor's door should stay and and be be there because they showed a miracle. And the miracle was that what we learn is that the desire of this Nicanor, this man, was so big to serve Hashem and to bring these doors to the Beit Hamikdash that we see how even a storm didn't uh, didn't uh, ruin the the gift that he was going to give it was such a big desire that the door followed him to Jerusalem so so this is what the rabbi biderman is teaching this week the, the the power of desire how big desire is and hopefully people will really connect to good desire because imagine if we connect to the good desire of the world that it is to serve Hashem and do holy things imagine the world we would have today would be such an incredible place so the answer is that is that Hashem helps us and he helps us in the way we want to go and we must do the best that we can do that's that's our job we have to do the best we can with the knowledge we have with the capabilities we have with the abilities we have with the intelligence we have Hashem is not asking from us things we cannot do he's just asking us to be the best we can be and so the Mesilat Yesharim writes if one asks who am I and how important am I I really that I should daven for the gathering of the Galus should I re am I such an important person in the world or am I such an insignificant human being like if you look at the world you're like a little speck in the world how can a prayer of mine affect the world how can I really bring change to the world so it says that Hassan the sages teach they say man was created alone to demonstrate the world was created for him Hashem didn't create a population he created Adam he created one man from that one man came out the woman but he didn't create a whole village at the beginning he only created one man and that was to demonstrate the world that the world was created for me and Hashem has pleasure when the children when his children pray for his ma for this matter even if the prayers cannot be answered because either it's not the right time to answer them or there's no there's it's not the moment for that prayer to be answered nevertheless they did share uh, and Hakadosh who is happy with the prayers Hashem loves our prayers I heard a beautiful story this week I don't remember exactly the name of the man but the man was is a man let's call him Mr. Goldstein and he went to in Los Angeles for a wedding and he rented a car and he was in Pico Boulevard and suddenly the car started acting weird and he came out of the car he's an already older man and the, he had a flat tire and he was like in the middle of nowhere it, it, well Pico Boulevard but it was 11:30 at night it was very late he had nobody to call he was scared suddenly he sees that a man is coming out from the Beit, Amikdash, Beit Midrash from the from the synagogue and he sees this man coming out and he goes to him and says sir can you please help me so the man comes and he says yeah for sure what's going on he says look I have a I have a flat tire and I, I'm too old I cannot change it I'm, I don't know who to call he says let's see if you have a spare tire and they looked in the trunk and actually there was a spare tire there and the man helped the other man and he changed the tire and this man brought took out some money to give to this other man and he says no way no 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 this is a mitzvah you don't have to pay me 
it, it, it's, a, it's a Jew doing a, a kind deed for another Jew, just pay it forward. But this Mr. Goldstein, he had such a sincere need to, to give to this man. He was so grateful that he took his hands and he looked him in the eye and he says, can I pray for anything for you? Can, the only thing I can think about right now is give you a braha, a blessing. And so the man looked at him and says, you know what? Yes, I've been married for 10 years. I haven't had any children. And I would appreciate a braha from you. And this simple man, this Jewish man, took the man's hands in his hand and with all his sincerity, he looked at him in the eyes with tears in his eyes. And he said, I just hope, I really hope that from your kindness of, of your kindness, that Hashem should answer my prayer that you should have um, children. And uh, they exchanged numbers and a year later, this Mr. Goldstein receives a phone call and he's telling the story and he has tears in his eyes when he answers the phone. He says, oh, Mr. Goldstein, you remember me? I'm such and such. I was, um, I was, uh, I was a guy that came and helped you change the tire in your car. He says, yes, how are you? How's everybody? How's everything? He says, I just want to call you to give you good news that we just had a baby boy. So, you know, yeah, it answers this. Yeah, are we insignificant? Well, in a certain way we are. But are we great? Yes, in another certain way we are. We are not such so insignificant. What one person does with sincerity and with true desire can really change the world. So then there's another... That there's the pasuk that says Bezalel made the Aaron, the, 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 the wood, the, the Aaron, the ark from shittim wood, from pine wood, and covered it with pure gold inside and out. So it was three boxes really. It was one, there was another one inside, and then there was another one inside. So the, the, the outer box was made out, it was this same wood, but it was covered in gold, and the little box inside was also covered in gold and the middle box was all wood. So there's many different interpretations about this, um, this ark being built in such a way. One of the, of the commentaries say that we outside should be like gold, like when people look at it, we should look like gold, we should be straight and proud and look like happy to be who we are, we have to be like a presentable people and, 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 and secure people with self-love, self you know? But inside, we have to keep ourselves as wood, humble. We, we cannot allow not to be humble. But then we have inside another little box, which is our Neshama Elokit, which is our godly divine soul. And this soul, this, this life force that we have within us is gold. So in the outside, we have to look the best we can. In the inside, we have to know that we're very, very, we should be very, very humble. We're just a speck in this whole universe. But inside, really deep inside, we know that we're gold. We carry a spark of Hashem within us. And also, there, there's different interpretations about this. It says that it also represents the three stages of Teshuvah. One is the golden era, is the beginning of a person when he's starting to do Teshuvah and he's uh, succeeding in his Teshuvah, so he feels very empowered and very connected to Hashem. And then comes a moment where it becomes a struggle. You know, you pray every day, you have to get up, you start becoming like, 
like uh, lazy a little bit, it's hard to get to the Sidur, it's hard to get start praying, but you still have to go and go and, and continue. And this is co corresponds to the wood box. And then you have uh, that if you keep trying, you keep trying, at the end you're gonna succeed. And then you feel like gold. So these three stages also exist when one desires to grow in Torah. At the beginning of his re resolve to learn Torah, He's interested, inspired, excited, everything he listens to is like, wow, I'm amazed. Then comes a challenging time when you're learning Torah. He doesn't understand, it becomes more difficult to understand. There's certain concepts, there's certain words uh, that are not easy. But if he keeps trying and he succeeds, then he's gonna feel like, like a million dollars, like a billion dollars. So these three boxes represent these three stages. And, um, but the Aaron, this ark is called, nevertheless, it's called the, the ark of wood. It's not called the ark of gold, it's called the ark of wood. And uh, to teach that the essential stage and the real purpose is the struggle. So Rabbi Biderman is trying to explain to us that we should never get discouraged in our desires, in what we really want to do in our lives. Uh, according to our service to Hashem, Avodat Hashem, we should never be discouraged. We should always keep going and keep going and keep going because at the end of the day, it's the struggle what really matters to Hashem. He really, this is what, what is valuable. So when the Torah lists the items that the Jewish people donated to the Mishkan, they are listed in order of importance. And the question is, okay, it starts with the gold, the silver, the copper, and so on, till the least important article. But then the last one that it, that it states is the pre precious gems that the, that the leaders of the tribes gave for the breastplate of the Kohen Gadol. And that, that it's a question. The most precious one really would be the precious gems. So why is it not listed as the most important uh, article that was given to the Mishka? And one of the answers that is given to us by the Or Haim answer is that the precious stones were brought without toil. The, the Neveim didn't have to put any, any, the Nasir, I'm sorry, the Nasir, the, the, the princess, didn't have to put any effort in getting these gems. They only had the desire. They, it was such a big desire that Hashem brought it to them with the manna. So they really didn't have to put any effort. So that's why they're listed at the end of the, of the Pasuk. And so we see here that this is an important lesson for us in Avodat Hashem, in the service of God, and that we should be happy with that because that is how it's meant to be. When you're struggling in your growth, in your connection with Hashem, when for you to pray is not easy, when for you to sit down and learn is not easy, when um, doing a mitzvah is not easy. Sometimes doing mitzvot are not easy. They, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of, of uh, internal uh, uh, struggle to go and do, to go and visit a sick person or to give sedaka. You know, sometimes people, we have to give 10% of our, of our earnings and sometimes you know that 10%, I, I need a new oven, I need new shoes. I need, a, I need to, to change the, the, the furniture of my house. It's all ripped down. But you know what? It's an effort. But when you give with effort, this is what is really precious to Hashem. This is number one. This is the most precious thing for God is the effort of a Jew.
so there's a story to finish off that which is beautiful story which answers this in a way is that the, that there was a, a soldier in the Tsar's Nikolai army and this soldier he enjoyed drinking very much and he used to go to the bars to the tavern and he would drink and drink and drink and so money he lost all his money drinking and then the only thing he had was the the, the weapons he carried with him for because he was a soldier of the army and so he started giving the weapons to the to the owner of the tavern and collateral for the drinks so he when he went to the um, to the military he used to carry his his uh, his bag and he filled it with straw so people would think that he was carrying his weapons but in reality it was straw he had already given his his weapons to the to the owner of the tavern and so it says here that uh, that one day the the, the Tsar Nikolai <clears throat> he went to see the soldiers he went to visit them and he's looking at the soldiers and then he's he takes this this soldier on the side and he says can I see your bag and the soldier looks at him and he opens and it's full of straw so the the, re the reason he chose him, they ask, they ask him, why, why did you choose this, this soldier? Like, did you have Ruach HaKodesh? Did you know that he had straw in there and not weapons? And the answer that the Tsar gave was that the soldier was carrying his bag without difficulty. He saw all the other soldiers had to put a little effort in carrying their bags. But this soldier in particular, he didn't show any effort carrying his bag. And for him, that was suspicious. And that's why he looked at him. So Rebbe Asher of Stalin said that similarly, in Avodat Hashem, in service to Hashem, it's meant to be challenging. It's meant to be a little bit heavy. It shouldn't be so easy. It's okay if it's not so easy for you. If it's not so easy for you, then you have to know that Hashem is very happy because you're putting your effort. And as it states in Avod, the Reb Nasan, performing the mitzvahs once with sar, with, with effort, is equivalent to a hundred times without hardships. So really, Hashem wants to give us he wants to give us merits in our lives. This is why this world is, is how it is. It's dark, but we're full of light. And when we bring our light out and we really put the effort in being the people we're meant to be, which is not easy in this upside down world. Like, you know, like everybody's going the other way. It's not easy to stay firm and committed to who you are and to Hashem. It's not easy. It's not like the, 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 the challenges that we face today are like unbelievable challenges. I don't think our grandmothers would have been able to, to support, to, to go through the challenges that young people have to go through today, today. But in reality, in the challenge, in the desire is the secret to your success. So I want to wish you a blessed week and remember Live a little higher. Thank you.